All right. Welcome back to the News Commons Radio Hour. This is the tentative title for this show. Uh, we are joined uh, now by phone by the editor, publisher, reporter, founder, and all-around superstar local journalist uh, Matt Skoufalos of NJ Penn. Uh, Matt, can you hear me? I can, Joe. How are you, bud? I'm doing well. Thanks for joining us today. Uh, we mentioned this a little bit at the top of the hour, um, but the New Jersey New Jersey recently introduced new regulations on microbreweries. Uh, you wrote a story about this. I'll just give it a real quick cap here. Uh, New Jersey's alcohol industry is one of the most heavily regulated industries in the state. Uh, and so when this new legislation or new regulations were introduced, um, it caused quite a stir. Can you tell us a little bit about what the regulation says and the, and then talk a little bit about the response so far? Sure. So uh, to really begin to anchor this appropriately, we need to go back to 2012, uh, because that's the last time the state decided it was going to expand privileges for microbreweries in an attempt to grow its burgeoning beer business uh, and try to give them a, a leg up over you know these multinational conglomerates that produce a lot of the beer that's bought, sold and drank in New Jersey. Uh, New Jersey had already done some great stuff with its wine industry, promoting that as a uh, an agritourism business. And they were trying to do the same thing to give the craft beer industry, which was um, super, super small, uh, a little bit of a leg up. So they allowed breweries to establish uh, tasting rooms where you can drink any of the beer that's made at the brewery on site, but that's it. And they had their own special set of circumstances around it. But there were also kind of these competing interests from the bar and restaurant association, um, those folks who had paid, as you know, whatever the price might be on the open market for a liquor license in New Jersey and felt that, you know, if you have a microbrewery with a tasting room, that's cutting into my business, X, Y, and Z. And then what recently happened as far as uh, regulations go is, is that there, there was a little bit of uncertainty, I think, about what exactly could happen in the tasting room. And in the absence of some specificity, the state felt it needed to step in and talk about what behaviors it was going to allow and not allow. So the new director of the ABC under uh, Governor Murphy is a gentleman named uh, David Reibel, and he put out this special ruling, um, I'm going to say early this week, that just sort of sent reverberations through the state microbrewing industry. Uh, it takes effect immediately. It's now subject to like a six-month pilot program whereby it's going to be reviewed. People have a chance to comment on the new rules, the impact of it. But it's sort of really more closely codified what you can and can't do as a microbrewery owner or a microbrewery license holder. And one of these, and, I, the, 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 the thing that I heard, it, it, it's it's sort of catered around events or, or physical gatherings in these tasting rooms, right? And this is this is you're not allowed to advertise these events. There's a limit on the number of events that you can hold per year. You're not allowed to – the food you can offer or even have in so the vicinity. What, what, what happened here? So there's a lot of things. One of the big issues for, for microbreweries in New Jersey that is not something that microbreweries in neighboring states are beholden to, like Pennsylvania or Delaware or New York, is that if you – own a microbrewery in one of those other states, you can also have a restaurant in there or, or serve some kind of food. You can't do that in New Jersey, and that was a concession to, again, the Restaurant Association. So mm. um, among the changes, a lot, of, a lot of what they've been geared around is what you can do there as a social event. So people were having TVs in their microbreweries. They were having paint-and-take pottery events. They were having yoga and beer, um, trivia nights, live music, all this stuff. And the state was trying to say that 
if you're creating a bar-like atmosphere, you're potentially infringing on the rights of these other businesses that have paid a premium for their commoditized license. So what they actually handed down uh, was a number of things. The first one is that it limits every microbrewery to 25 public events per year that you have to register with the state 10 days before you have them. Okay. Uh, it also gives them 52 uh, private parties that they can have per year, but those have to be possibly separated somehow from the rest of whatever's going on in your tasting room. So this is like a birthday party or something? After the fact, yeah. You have to take any food that you bring with you off-site when you're done. You can't drink anything else except what's made there. Uh, they even went so far as to say you can no longer have restaurants for uh, restaurant menus in your brewery, which was another thing that people were doing. Um, and really, it just sort of more strictly limited the atmosphere at a microbrewery tasting room to be about experiencing the beer production, experiencing the the room itself, and whatever else happens there. If, if you want to have a different kind of event that, that has, I guess, a, a more social component, it's going to count against your, your quota of the number of times you could do this. They also did give the microbreweries a couple of concessions that the brewery owners I've talked to said are really important. Number one is that they gave them 12 off-site extension of premises permits, which means if you want to be a brewery owner who has a special event in your town, now you can have that special event, pour your beer there, and you're entitled to the revenue opportunity of that off-site. It's like it, it, it makes the, uh, the, the place where you're pouring an extension of your tasting room gives you the rights and privileges of doing that. And they also eliminated the, um, the real physical nature of the brewery tour, which has been interpreted widely by different breweries across the state. One of the things that the tasting room was – you know, they had to provide some consumer education part to make it feel like it was beneficial to uh, explain to people what beer making was. Brewery owners are saying, look, we've, we've got that pretty well explained on the first visit or, or the second and third visit. It's overkill. So let's just have conversations about the beer and let that be the education of the customers. They the tour. They gave them the off-site premise permits, and those were the big wins for the, for the microbreweries. But, uh, oh, and the third one is that you can provide uh, small snacks. Okay. which you weren't allowed to do before okay, so uh, because if, that, that would have counted as food service. Okay, so so the reaction to this, obviously, you get a, your standard knee-jerk reaction across the board in any any legislative change or regulatory change. What has the reaction been from the people who have most at stake here, the microbrewery owners and operators themselves? Is this something that they've sort of rallied against or, you know, uh, come together to rally against? Or is this something – because it sounds to me, uh, you know, absent of making them pay for the full liquor license – I, I'm looking here and some quotes from the Tonewood uh, Brewery that you that you one of the owners that you interviewed there. Um, it seems like there's been a, a relatively measured reaction from the people who actually own and operate a brewer a microbrewery and do this every day. What what's been your 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 take on that so far? How, how have people responded? So it's kind of complicated. Um, one of the things that people are finding in New Jersey is that the microbrewery is a really great downtown economic redevelopment tool. Um, if you put a small brewery in your town, it's an attraction. Uh, brewery tourism has its own culture. People want to taste and, and experience local beer. It has much more of a movement in New Jersey than it probably did even as recently as 10 years ago. Um, and so a lot of communities, particularly in Camden County, I can name several within you know miles of one another, have opened up these little breweries in their towns because they want to have the opportunity of bringing more foot traffic to their downtowns. Uh, so it's been this partnership of putting a brewery in your town and it supports the other economic interests of your community. And that's been good for a number of the breweries. 
the, the ones who are most affected by these rules are what's called the nano breweries, and they're the ones who produce the smallest amount of beer and maybe don't have the physical infrastructure to support uh, mass production and distribution of their product. Uh, and, and so these regulations were negotiated actually with two of the uh, beer guilds, the professional groups, uh, and, and the restaurant associations sitting at the table. So there were a number of things that were probably going to be stricter regulations that came off the table in exchange for some of the stuff that went in there. Now, the smallest breweries, the nano breweries, are nervous because without the uh, opportunity to really distribute at volume, they're reliant on foot traffic and the, the profits from their tasting room to keep them alive. And even most of the microbreweries enjoy a significant portion of the revenue from that tasting room. Um, breweries that are distribution focused or have the ability to produce at scale, to, to put in a canning line, to put in uh, kegging operations, uh, to sell to bars and restaurants at, at volume, they are not too troubled by these rules because they say it allows us to focus more on being a brewery and not being an event space that serves beer. Um, But there's been mixed reactions all between. Um, You know, another of the brewers I talked to, Drew Perry from a brewery called Double Nickel in Pensacon, said that, you know, this really affected the way that they considered their operations because they entered into the business with a certain set of understanding of the rules. Now a few years in, things are changing one of the biggest things that they do over there is fundraisers and they get requests just about every single day to use some of their private spaces for fundraisers for animal shelters or various charitable causes. And now they can't do that as Mm. often. They have to pick and choose. Uh, Those events definitely brought in revenues for the brewery, but they also brought in, you know, revenues for nonprofits. And now it's going to make a lot of those partnerships more difficult to form. Um, And so the leadership at the brewers organizations are saying, you know, this is at least a starting point for us to see how far we can push back. Um, And a number of the breweries that uh, you probably have seen began circulating petitions to immediately recall these rules and and remove the uh, handcuffs, as they call them, from the brewing industry. All right. Well, I appreciate you joining us. Can you tell us a little bit about where we can uh, folks can read more of your work? I know you have njpen.com. Do you, you have newsletters? Tell us a little bit more about that. And uh... Sure. njpen.com is a suburban Camden County news outlet. We focus on the inner ring uh, communities around Camden City in the uh, suburban part of the county right immediately outside that urban area. And um, it's njpen.com. We're on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. We've got a daily email. We've got a text messaging service if you want to catch our news updates that way. Um, And we focus on this particular part of the state. And we've been following the microbrew business for a number of years now. It's been a real big piece of economic redevelopment. It's been a piece of statewide legislation. Uh, And it's certainly one of probably the most interesting industries to watch in South Jersey, if not the whole state. There are 23 other licensed applicants still in the pipeline for uh, brewery operations, too. So even though there's fewer than 90 total licenses being discussed right now, that actually is small in a nationwide perspective. Um, New Jersey is, is not, you know, one of the brewery-heavy states. Mm-hmm. You can see that this is going to be an issue that probably will come to your hometown or one nearby uh, pretty soon. All right, well, we will keep checking back to njpen.com for more updates. Thank you so much, Matt, for joining us. When we come back, we will be joined by Mary Galliato, another local publisher in New Jersey, uh, publishing mercerme.com. We'll talk a little bit about her, about newsroom uh, news, newspaper subscription models and uh, what that means for a local community.